What's up, guys? We're just having a little rave here, partying out in the blood rain. <laughs> blood rave. I love it. <laughs> hey, you know the drill. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. You know, today we got a great, great episode about one of our favorite franchises. Matt's fucking getting his dance on in the blood rave. Uh, you know, as Blade would say, ooh, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, now you look like Terminator. I, I don't have full on blade. I have two other sunglasses that I literally agonized over. And I was like, no, these are more ass kicking, even though these are um, replica. These are gargoyles, but replica of the Terminator one sunglasses. So these are the exact sunglasses that he had. I mean, Fucking cool. you literally look like you're about to be like, I'll be back. Amanda says I look like I just got out of cataract surgery. But what does she know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. If by cataract surgery you mean in the gross bathroom of some motel, you plucked your robot eyeball out. Yeah, and, yeah. fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this is good rave clothes, though, don't you think? I think it's great, and I love that. We... Da, 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 da. Little crystal method. Uh, until like Spotify kicks us off this episode off for copyrighted music. <laughs> Just uh, can you play it like? Can you change the pitch or something so it's like beep boop beep boop pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it backwards so it's like some motherfuckers only skate downhill <laughs> oh my god hot in here I was dancing too much I didn't I think I'd you. be dancing so much on my my vampire hunting action movie review podcast <laughs> oh I'm excited because we're going to talk about one of my favorite films of all time the sequel. Yeah, it really is one of the best movies that that does what it's meaning to do, and I think a lot of movies don't do that. And this movie, this franchise, let's just say, does it the whole time. There's some loose points, there's some weak points, but overall, I love me some Blade, man. Let's get on with it. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Blade. Daywalker, I always knew it. I always knew it. I always knew you were. A- I am a day. Well, I'm. I'm not a daywalker. I'm a ginger. I'm for. I'm flat out a ginger. I'm not even a daywalker. But, but I'm uh, Matt. I would totally be one of those guys at the club who had no clue what was going on, and then just was like, "Why is there blood everywhere?" You'd be the motherfucker who made it through, and then yes. at the end, real like the lights go on. They're like, "Bro, you didn't get eaten. You have to go." <laughs> uh, I am. We are. Definitely- we're, yeah, definitely. We have a guy. fun fun episode today. We're going to talk about some movies and some superheroes, but we also have a guest in the house. Heck yeah, finally, I've been on your yes. guys' show multiple times, but we finally have <laughs> Bryant Dillon from the Fan Base Press. What's going on, man? Just uh in enjoying uh life in in the world of Blade, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm so pumped about this. Little known fact, Blade 2 is the movie I have seen most in theaters. 
And and when I say little known fact, as in I tell everybody who talks about Blade, doesn't matter what, they're like, hey, I, I got a new set of razor blades. I'm like, Blade 2 is the most seen movie I've seen in a movie. <laughs> like, I will tell anybody this. Uh, Blade 2 is one of my all-time favorite films. Um, That's actually how film. you got Kate to go out with you, if I remember correctly. No, 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 right? no, no. Originally. No. That was a different girlfriend. Way to go. You're like my mom. You're like when I bring a girl to my house. When I was in the dating phase, my mom would be yeah. like, she's the one who plays the flute, right? I'm like, that's a different girlfriend. Different. <laughs> nope. Stop it. And she's like, yeah, but you, you play an instrument. I know. I'm like, nope, that's a different band geek girlfriend. No, mom, stop it. Yeah, that's you. I right just love that there was actually a girl that gave a fuck about Blade, let alone how many times you saw it in theater. That was the only way we were getting some. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Blade. All right. We're diving in. I think we start. This is a fun way to start. Uh, uh, Brant, what what was your introduction to the Daywalker? You know, um, I think that it was probably if I had, I probably have to give the movie the most credit. I do think that I came across like I knew of the character. I wasn't a big um, superhero uh, comic fan when I was younger. I was more into like sci-fi and horror comics, like uh, the Dark Horse Aliens and Aliens yes. Predator. You'll see some of that up there. Um, but I knew of the character because you, you, it was something I was always into vampires and something you knew if you ran in those circles. And I think he showed up in a couple episodes of the Spider-Man animated series. He did. Yeah. yeah. But my true introduction, I think, came is, you know, came from the, the Wesley Snipes movie. And, and what I remember specifically is I was probably just under 17 when, when that first movie released. So I could not go see the R-rated movie by myself. But I was like so into vampires at this point. I was a massive Buffy fan because of that. Um, and so uh, my mother had sort of fed me uh, the vampire mytho- mythos from her own love of Anne Rice. So I was able to convince her like, hey, there's this vampire movie I want to see. Let's go see it together. Um, and so we are sitting, you know, in this darkened theater watching the opening of this movie with the blood rave, <laughs> and, and like decimating people. And I am both like elated and like, oh, I'm watching this with my mom, <laughs> you know, yeah. but she leans over to me. And I this is one of my my most uh, strongest memories, uh, you know, I share with my mother. She leans over to me and goes, Buffy couldn't do that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I just remember looking over and just like I didn't say anything because I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm not going to stop watching this movie to have a conversation. But I was just as offended as as a passionate Buffy fan, like, well, maybe with this budget and uh, <laughs> you know, on a, a feature film and an R rate, you know, but but yeah, it was it's just that film was amazing. It opens amazing and, and stays amazing. And, and and I think that was I was baptized by that scene in, baptized in, 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 blood. in the blood. <laughs> That's so cool. Matt, what about you? It's the same It's the movie. And it's the same exact thing that Brant said It's like. I knew who he was for sure. I don't know that I consumed any content, uh, including the animated series, the Spider-Man animated series, because I didn't watch that. But I knew who he was, like so many superheroes and villains. And, and you know, I had so many Marvel cards, trading cards and shit that I knew that stuff, right, even though right. I wasn't reading it. Um, but I don't know. And I was while Brian was talking, I was trying to think of when I saw that movie. I don't remember if I saw it blockbuster style or if I went to go see it. But I remember like it has always been like in my mind, that's always been. And it was just fucking baller. And I think when I saw it, I don't think I under well, clearly I didn't understand its importance. Right. But like we can look back at this now from the the era of superhero movies that we're in now and look at this as like 
literally the silver or golden age where you're like, they weren't really making anything like this then. And this was yeah. so like this. You do not get this movie anymore. The, the new Blade movie that they're making is not going to be this. If they no, ever it can't make be. it, it will never be this cool. The, the first three Blade <laughs> movies, television show, they are a brand of badassery that spawned an entire franchise called Underworld. Like that entire <laughs> franchise was like, hey, can we rip that off? And they're like, yeah, it's like Blade and the Matrix. We'll just mix that in a pot. Just like, take the sunglasses off and add a couple right? werewolves. Yeah, you're done. That whole series was so cool if, with what they were doing. I didn't see the first one till way later. Um, I, my, my introduction was the second one. I will tell a whole story about it oh. a little later. Um, and the reason I went and saw the second one, because in the trailer, they showed some of that CGI stuff going on. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. The disintegration captured me so hard and literally has set me on my path to where I am today as a VFX supervisor. Like seeing the CGI, when I bought that Blu-ray or the DVD, sorry, when I bought sure. that DVD, I watched all the behind the scenes and they had like one little bit where a guy's like, and then we made it in computer. And I was like pausing it, trying, trying to read on, a, on an old television what program he was using to make that happen. I had never seen anything like it. It was the best CGI I had ever seen. I thought it was so cool. That was um, for Blade 2? Blade two. So for so me, it was entry. Blade, Blade two, two was Blade two was two thousand two. So he was using mm -hmm. Microsoft Paint. Yeah, basically. Yeah, frame <laughs> by frame. Um, you know, it was my and so so yeah that that was that and that was awesome. And I, like I said, I'll get into a whole thing about Blade two when we get to Blade two. But then I go back and watch Blade one later when I realize, oh, it's a whole franchise. I got to catch up. You know, and it wasn't like right away. It wasn't like I saw Blade two. Better go watch Blade one. I waited a while, like at least months and i go watch blade one and i was like oh i'm so glad i saw this other one first because blade one for me when you watch blade two first is a massive disappointment he doesn't uh, do hmm. it starts off really strong starts sure. off really strong but then they're like here's some backstory and you're like oh the other movie just gave me that that cliff notes and it did it way quicker <laughs> than you're doing it so the cliff notes where they're like, oh, I'm a daywalker, I can do it. I'm like, cool, cool, got it, got it. So then I have to watch this movie that explains all of that. Oh, man. And then the CGI is whack shit. <laughs> but that's not their fault per se. Even as a 17-year-old, I'm watching this movie and being like, compared to what I just saw, this is trash. And almost to the point that I can't, it doesn't make up for the movie. And Blade One, we watched again recently, has some cool things in it. There's a scene in that, uh, the, 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 in the records room where all the old vampire lore the vampire is on the Bible. Wall. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool scene. It has some great stuff. That opening scene, hands down, is one of the coolest ways to start a movie off ever. Well, and, and, and you know what? I, I think I completely understand your take on that. I think from, from seeing it first, what stands out uh, with that film, it's kind of, it almost reminds me of Terminator a little bit where you're like, it, they're the, they're not that much different of a plot. If you look at the the plot of Blade One and Blade Two, thank God they threw in like the re uh, the Reapers and stuff because yeah. there are certain moments I can even think like the the moment where oh Blade's got his mojo back, catch the catch the you know sunglasses, yep. start some ass kicking. Like they're repeating certain beats, um, and they're just lucky that they got someone like Del Toro, I think, to be in there and and add like a whole another of flavor because. 
because some of it does feel like just a, a repeat of what has come before. So if you do go backwards, I can I can see the disappointment. For me, what what still really works about Blade, I think uh, the the original uh, film is the um, it's just more personal. Like you know, him and Deacon Frost is kind of like, hey, you killed my mom. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> f you up. You know, and and. Yeah. And, and and that's it. I mean, you know, I, I and I think if they had tried to do necessarily just another vampire villain in the second one, I don't know that personally I would have been as interested. The the idea of seeing the vampire society and the vampires having to team up with Blade, that's such an interesting take. And so it adds so much to the film that that um, I'm glad they had something new, you know, completely different. And, it, you know, it's interesting because. Brian, you and I are in a camp where we saw one and then we saw yeah. two. Rumi saw two and then one. One. Right. I can't. It's like The Shining. <laughs> like I saw The Shining first and then I read it. And I okay. I cannot understand what my life would be like had I read it first and then seen it. Because I know people who have and it's like talking to an alien, even if they like sure. the same one that I like. It's just like it's a chicken and chicken and egg thing where you're like, how that, that literally influences you. So I feel like a, a switch has been flicked in Bryant and I's brains that Rumi has a different switch flicked and <laughs> we can explain it to each other, but we can't quite get there. Right. So yeah. I feel like two is really good evolution. Like you said, it does some things and it amps up, it kind of puts some padding on the places where one, or at least the sequel to one would have needed it. And yeah, the CG is the CG is definitely notably better. Yes, definitely. <laughs> There's more money in that film, clearly. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But like, you watch the first one. The first one is like you don't. And again, it's a different era of superhero film, right? Where they're taking a pretty lesser known character, right? Oh, yeah. Like if you'd made a Captain America movie, maybe even a Doctor Strange movie, even at that time, 1990, was it 1998 or 99 was the first one? 98. 98. Yeah. So even if you'd made a Doctor Strange or a Wolverine movie, 98, people are with you. You take Blade, it's an easy enough concept to understand, even if you've never picked up a comic book and the movie obviously explains it to you, right? But I again, maybe it's because Rumi saw two before he saw one. I think one has a lot of problems, but it's like problems of the day where from 1998 to, I don't know, 2002, I had no real problems with it other than the CG looks like cartoons. It's fucking fun. It maintains what it is, I think, throughout. Um, he is a baller, late 90s action movie, one line spitting Although there's a couple one-liners that I don't know how they got to the last draft of the script, but <laughs> he, he he maintains he's he's you're rooting for him just like you root for Rambo, just like you root for either Kyle Reese or Arnold Schwarzenegger, depending on what you're watching. You know, uh, Dutch Schaefer, you just want that character to keep kicking ass. And even when he's talking, even during the exposition scenes, even though that film has something that I, is so hard for me is when you take a badass action guy. And then tether a woman to him, especially if she is having, oh, I'm having blood problems and I might be a vampire and shit. But like now he's got this girl who may or may not be a love interest. And either way, he's dragging her through this plot. It still is freaking great. And I think even that fight at the end, even though Deacon Frost gets cut in half and then jellos back together with that red Microsoft paint. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit, man. I'm I'm on board. I'd go see that thing in theaters tomorrow if they were if they were playing it again. I'd go see it for sure. I'm not I'm not saying it's not badass. I'm just saying it did not it 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 
it's cemented which one is my go-to on the show. I think that's fair. Um, but like, look at this cast. Steven Dorff as Deacon Frost is so cool. Steven Dorff is a badass in most of the things he does. Like, I lo- he plays Smarmy so well. He plays like that perfect kind of like asshole. Perfect. Yeah. Like, he's just yeah. perfect at love it. To, love to hate him, right? Love to hate him. Chris Christopherson, come on. Yeah. Legend. Amazing. He's Amazing. so good in this thing. Um, Udo Kier. Oh, fantastic. As Dragon True. Eddie, <laughs> as one of the greatest, like, B-movie legends of all time. I mean, he was in Flesh for Frankenstein. He was mm-hmm. in Blood for Dracula. He is like one of my favorite villains in B-movie history. And to have him in this movie, like reprising like a vampire role, that's so sick. Well, him, him and Steven Dorf have real chemistry too. Yes. They have like two or three scenes and uh, they're fascinating. They could just be lame, like move the plot forward scenes. Um, but you feel a you know a personal grudge between the two of them, and they're they're clearly having fun. Um, I love that scene where uh, you know uh, Dragonetti just like loses it because Frost won't answer his questions. I think he's hanging out in the library listening to some music, and and he just like loses on like like I'm talking to you, like respond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's just fantastic, and and that is I all those cast members you you mentioned. Um, there is there is a lot of chemistry in this movie that works really well. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily think that Wesley Snipes and and Chris Christopherson are gonna be like blood brothers, but but they sell it. You know, they sell it entirely. Um, and that happens, I think, in in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, look at uh, Donald Logan and um, and uh, Stephen Dorff. You know, that's yeah. another example. He's he's got that main man Jack vibe. He's a great character too. Like um, the henchman in this movie. Um, they're, they're super fun. And it's one of those movies that doesn't read comic book when you watch it. Like you get yeah, where it definitely. came from. You you definitely get where it comes from, but it it has more in common with what made the original like Tim Burton Batman awesome mm. as opposed to like a comic book movie. And that's something that I think you could dissect for hours on end is just like, why is this the perfect time for this to come out? Why does this work? Well, for one, his wardrobe is like Matrix you know, 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's 90s what we all tea. wanted to be wearing in 98, oh, right? Yeah, um, yep. that's what I was wearing, man. I had that trench coat going. <laughs> I, I had some of that going on too. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had trench coats and we had swords. We bought swords from the mall and we carried swords around until cops were like, You're not allowed to have this. And we're like, Says where? There's nowhere that says you're not allowed to have a sword on you. And they were like, dude, you oh. should have checked that cop for a tattoo. That was a fucking familiar. I'm telling you right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, so our crew had swords and trench coats and it was uh, definitely parents loved it. They were really supportive of that. Those well, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this movie, what's his name? Dahl Logue was the only thing that I don't like about this movie. He plays oh, really? Quinn. Who's like the, the main, it's just too cartoony. He keeps losing his hand. He keeps like, getting almost killed and then not and it's a gimmick i like like it's a gimmick and i see that you're doing it on purpose it's not my flavor but it's like one of the only things in the movie that i can criticize Mm. so you know um brian if you haven't heard aaron and i have this thing where we talk about a movie has a job where they take a balloon that's filled with air not helium but air and you have to bop the balloon up for the entirety of the movie so All every right. time you're making me do something, every time you ask me to suspend my disbelief and I have to lean in, I have to hit that balloon back up. So gotcha. a real movie, like a good movie, you only need to hit that balloon a couple times. A movie that, you know, we're going to rip apart, you have to keep hitting that balloon to keep it off the floor. For me, this specific character is a balloon hit because to me, it's like, ugh, 
like it just doesn't everything else in the movie is not real but it feels like you said Rumi uh, like Batman 1989 there's some stuff in that that just is a little bit outside of where everybody else is and I feel like his character is but like that's his character it's a choice and I get it but that the part oh, yeah, yeah. Of the, the thing the thing that that gives you that I love is that you get these cool like deformed baby hands and the burnt face that, Correct. you know like you get cool makeup gags out of that so like well, and, and again get the awesome moment where they you know they set you up for a huge fight and he gets taken out you know the way they should <laughs> and it's like but like like to me that's the only thing that feels comic book about that movie mm. i think the reason that that doesn't feel comic booky is because they were trying to make a real movie about a superhuman guy that hunts vampires just like the Dolph Lundgren movie was making a uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher was making a real movie. They were trying to make an action movie in 1989 about a, a man who loses his family and is trying to kill people to uh, for revenge. And that's all they were going for. And I think even the 1990s Captain America movie, as funny as that is to watch, <laughs> they were trying to make a family film about Captain America in the 90s and yes there were plenty of bad choices but they were trying to do it on purpose i feel like now we're trying to make a movie that fits for everybody we're trying to make a movie you know a spider-man movie that my son well, will like i market. will like my mom will like and it's like you're i think you're, you're you're too many cooks in the kitchen and you're making too big of a thing where now nobody really likes it even though what well, that's i know that's not true nobody is gung-ho about it whereas like how can someone say blade was eh, like yeah. it's a movie about a guy who kills vampires and all he does the entire fucking movie is kill vampires ass, for three yeah. movies three movies and a tv series if not um an anime and some comics as well right well you're I right it kind of like the the I, vehicle I, for this is the story they're trying like you said trying mm. to swing for the fences with a guy who kills vampires nowadays they're trying to get their stock market price up by selling toys and by selling advertisements Right. So they don't care about what fits into that time slot as long as it does this. And it, you're lucky if you get people who make a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse who care about the product that they are putting out. Most of the time, I think you get a bunch of people who want to make a good product and they get hamstrung by um, the rules that have been set out to sell stock sales. Really. It definitely feels more like a product now, I think, yeah. to, to generalize and say most superhero movies now. And I feel like this movie... They weren't worried about who was going to go see it. They were like, let's make an awesome action movie because really it's the Punisher, right? Yep. Except instead of killing mafioso, he's called he's killing vampires. If you changed just the aesthetic of the movie, what the bad guys look like and what the good guy looks like, it's Punisher or what Punisher yeah. should be. Right. Which is what Taken mm -hmm. is. It's what every essentially every one of those movies is. And it's the same exact thing. So those movies, you know, I don't think it takes a G. I mean. I'm not saying I've written a thousand action films, but it doesn't take a genius to write that formula. It takes a genius to fuck it up, I think, because like, the pieces are there. Um, Aaron and I always say that a good Punisher story, Punisher is the shark from Jaws. You don't know where he was before. You don't know what he had for breakfast that day. You're not worried about where he's coming from or how he's feeling about X, Y, or Z, and obviously making very big, you know, broad strokes here. He just fucking eats people. And that's like like the Marvel show is like, well, then he's trying to he has PTSD and he's talking to this girl and he befriends Micro and he tries to patch up shit with his wife. Get the fuck out of here. Joss doesn't do that. And I feel like Blade <laughs> is shark jaws, right? Or, or, or is a vampire jaws. 
he just eats vampires. That's it. I guess I could see that, but I would. I would. I guess what I would argue is that without without uh, something to humanize him, what do what do we care if he loses? You know, um, and 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 I, I would say like the movie doesn't completely do that. I mean, they're they're clearly like tying in various characters, Whistler, you know, uh, this woman he has to save, his mother. To humanize him, because and 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 they even I you know and I I think the Burton Batman did this as well. We're seeing a transition from the '80s super like uh, macho like Ubermensch into the '90s like sort of new. Um, I don't even know what I would call it, but a, a more human version uh, of the action hero. And and this guy uh, Blade kind of str- uh, straddles uh, the line the similar way that Michael Keaton did. And the way they do that is, is there's like occasional like awkwardness or weirdness. Like there's some great moments in Blade where I think one is like there's he's like going on like some sort of stakeout with the uh, the woman who's is tagging along. I keep forgetting her name, but uh, she's Karen. Uh, Karen. Yeah. So he and Karen are, you know, like are staking out the vampires. He makes some comment about like, well, that guy's definitely a vampire. They're definitely here. And we see something that that justifies his thing you know, his, his assessment. And he kind of looks over and like, does this like, look like, oh yeah. Like, and she doesn't react to it. And you see him go, uh, you know, like, like, <laughs> like I'm trying to make a human connection, which I don't often do. You've just rejected me. And I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. With it. <laughs> and there's, there's a few moments like that. Um, but they never take it too far so that you can still have like, you know, him holding his, 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 you know, uh, adopted father's hand as he dies and believe that that is a serious dramatic moment or have that that's, you know, beautiful um, montage of him, like cutting the plant and preparing for, the, you know, the final battle. Um, yeah. He's able to to do both things. And, and I think, again, Burton Batman did that as well, where like he would be very weird and off kilter. But also, like you, when he's in those dramatic moments, it still works. Um, and I think part of that, at least for me, I, I don't know if everyone has had this experience because um, I I know that you you have a little bit of an issue with it, Donald Logue. Um, but I know people like this. My life is weird, you know. I wish it was. <laughs> I wish it was just cool, and I wish I, you know, I could just like walk, you know, like a like a. My my trench coat flapping in right. the wind, but I'm the guy that trips. You know, I'm the guy who has a friend who's an asshole. <laughs> you, or, you, or, just, you know, won't shut up. <laughs> you just hit the nail on the head because in every time that Matt hates the guy who does the funny thing or is funny or cool, Matt wants to be Blade, but he is that guy who burns his hand <laughs> off, and he hates that guy because he see he sees that he's like, too oh, close. there's it's another me in the room, so I got to get rid of him. I yeah. would love to debate that, but. <laughs> you want your that's fantasy. A, yeah, that's why you hate Star Lord. That's what. Yeah, that's why you hate Star Lord. That's why you get <laughs> mad at at, at Deadpool because that is you. Oh that's fuck! What you happens. might be right, man. You might be <laughs> right. Although I'll, I'd li- I'd rather be Star Lord or Deadpool than fucking Quinn from Blade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although Deadpool had baby legs, right? Yeah, Deadpool did have baby. What, legs. what baby true. body parts did Star Lord have? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Not a question we want to answer. Uh, but I mean, Blade One set the set the tone, and it did a great job at setting the tone, and it it really put a mark on things. I mean, literally, this came out a year before the. I mean, obviously, they were filming the Matrix beforehand, but like he set the tone for what these mm-hmm. movies are going to be like. Sure. He set the tone for like vampires in the '90s, which were cool. We didn't have. 
the uh, you know sparkly twilight yet. So these were still like great times for horror, great times for vampires, and it was still fun. You know, we didn't have Saw yet, so horror movies and action movies still had a, a room to go hand in hand and still have a good time and still have great practical gags, you know, and really cool things. I I think I think it's a great way to start things off. But then they helm Guillermo del Toro with Blade Two, and he is not Guillermo del Toro. This right, is like right. A, this is like his second or third studio feature. You know, he did like, I think he had done like Mimic, which he hates. And then this. <laughs> and I had seen Mimic and Mimic was cool. I like Mimic. So it was like, oh, that guy did Mimic. Yeah, that movie was dark and brooding, had cool monsters sure. in it. So now we get Blade 2. And I hadn't seen Blade 1, but I was excited. I saw the trailer, went and saw it opening weekend with my friends wearing our trench coats. And I was blown away, blown away. Every time I tell the story, I add on more times I saw it in theaters, but I think I saw it seven times in the movie theater, and that's the most wow. times I've ever seen a movie in the theater. We just kept going back, sneaking in, go back again, got to take your parents because it's that cool, come back again. You know, <laughs> we went so, and like I said, I was dating at the time, and that was like a great way to go make out for two hours without your parents. Wait, 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 then you didn't see it seven times. I paid money like for it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I saw it. <laughs> I mean, maybe a half time each. Time. Well, you know, you pay attention to half anyway. If any, and, and some of you guys, I don't know how many of our friends are listeners, but guys, you've heard us talk about it before. When you watch movies with Rumi, when he is on board, you're getting fucking high fives. So yep. I'm thinking like Blade Two was like you were like on a date with freaking Cynthia, and you're like, oh, high five, yeah, up top. Then you give her a high five, you're like exposition. <laughs> 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 No, because I was on board for the exposition because I'm watching this movie and you're like, oh, that dude from Boondock Saints is in it. Oh, shit. And we had seen Boondock Saints because our video store clerk was cool. and was like, hey, kids, high school kids, got to see this violent piece of this violent movie. So I was down with Norman Reedus. The character. So when rat. did you make out? Huh? At what point during Blade 2 are you making out? Whenever I want. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> it's my introduction to Ron Perlman. This dude's oh, a bad wow. ass. I yeah. had never seen anything with Ron Perlman in it. And you're like, this guy is so cool. Like, Ron Perlman, so cool. Creatures like you'd never seen before. These are Steve Wang designed creatures who I got to work for later in life. I got to work for Steve Wang. And like, that was so cool to see those creatures. Their design is impeccable to me. I think the, the, the dissection scene, the way their mouths open up, super cool. You get a whole like the rad wolf pack who are these like super now they're kind of cheesy but like everyone has a different weapon and they have like cool names and they all do badass stuff i loved it loved it loved it loved it you have the light grenades the disintegrations i mean uh, you get another badass club scene you are right that it is kind of a rehash of the whole first movie again but like for me it was dialed up to like Guillermo yeah, it's got, it, it's, no, yeah. They definitely they beefed up the parts that needed to be beefed up so even though it feels like it's not much different than the first it keeps up the intensity where you're like, I'm just as excited about this fight scene as I was for the original, you know, slaughterhouse rave scene. When I first saw it the first time, you're like, I'm not law. I, I didn't lose anything on whatever viewing I'm on of blade Two. Right. It's, I mean, it's just, he uses a motorcycle to bust that guy's helmet open. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is amazing. I would, I, you know, I think I would describe it. It has the same skeleton, but the muscles are all different. You know, yeah, there you like, go. It, it, they really build something different on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got mandibles now. Yeah, it's um, got mandibles now. You so know, the cool. So much of that stuff works because of, I think, 
you know, the the you can see the the creative intent put in there, and and you know there was some serious like you know horror love uh, put into this movie, and and the other thing that we were since we were talking about how the first one can almost be uh, seen as not a comic book movie at all. This one feels way more comic booky, you know, the weapons, the, mm-hmm. the cool vampire crew. I mean, some of it does, ha- you know, toe the line of being like B movie cheesy, but that's exactly what belongs in this movie. And because of, I think, the way that it's handled, at least for me, it all comes off, you know, taste and great. I mean, it's it's just it's just a, a fun uh, expansion of the world, and 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 even things that I think like uh, end up being like secondary or third points, like well, uh, in, in the movie, like obviously the movie's about you know, another blade adventure. It's about, uh, you know, the, these new creatures and having to beat them and, and teaming up with the vampires. But then you get into like the idea of like the teasing this real, like subtle, uh, attraction between like blade and this vampire princess and, and the way that that ends in this really sort of like, I mean, it's a beautiful moment that doesn't really seem like it would normally fi- find its way into an action film, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's really romantic. And, uh, and, it, and it's it's almost fascinating in the way that it's like they don't even I don't even think they have a kiss. Do they, do they share a final kiss at the end? It's it's they touch, I, I think. But, but yeah. it's like, the end is her and her dad. He disintegrates, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that has this like really poignant moment with a bitch in disintegration. And you're right, though. It, it, yeah, I don't I don't think there is a an actual moment of intimacy with them. Yeah. So it's all just like sort of this shared like uh, loneliness or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, respect. and and. And that kind of, even though it's really subtle, I don't, I don't think you could necessarily say, oh, this is a samurai movie, but it's like feeding off of these little bits. Like it's a little bit samurai here. It's a little bit, you know, action uh, adventure here. It's vampire and horror here. And, and, uh, it, it just works really well. Um, I, I don't know that I can say the same about the third, but I, I this first two, I just absolutely love. Well, I feel oh. like your analogy about the skeleton and the bones is good. And to take it back a step for what I was saying about the first one in action movies and Punishers like and stuff, you made a point, Brian, where you said, like, you got to have something to humanize the character. And I very much agree with that to a point. But sure. I feel like this, you know, this 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 franchise, let's say, but specifically these first two movies, Blade is Blade and he does what he does. My shark analogy, I think, is very apt for that. And I feel like, again, one of the reasons that this movie, Blade 2, does work is because they don't change Blade. And I'll say right now, without getting into it, change is not bad. Change and evolution in a character is also not bad. But someone who has as simple a mission as eradicating something, like Blade's job is to eradicate vampires, period. If you're going to do anything different than that, it has to be a much smaller part of his mission for that movie episode um issue whatever you're in you know and i feel like this movie you take blade 2 blade is the same character we're mm-hmm. not changing him we're changing things around him we get whistler back there's a chance that maybe he's turned or maybe his allegiances switched there are people around him whose allegiances seem to be one way and then go to another way they do a, a very classic trope of now the good guys and the bad guys have to work together to make a you know to fight right, a common yeah. threat and that's done really well and i agree with your samurai point we're not changing blade pretty much at any scene he's acting exactly like the blade we want him to and i feel like the movies that we don't like are when they reimagine it so hard that you're changing what it is. And again, I'm not saying change is bad, but I feel like when it's a franchise 
when it is a um a multi-medium character or franchise like a comic book character there are some things that you can't change otherwise you now have a different character you know what i mean sure, like sure um and i feel like <sighs> hulk punisher blade there's a lot of shades of gray there that i'm not shedding light on right now but for the most part they're they're more black and white than spider-man captain america daredevil you know some of these other characters and i feel like this movie gets that where they're just like okay blade is now in a new adventure where this kind of shit happens but it is the same guy from the first one his yeah. belt buckles on his chest are different his some of his <laughs> weapons are different but he's going to handle that yeah, he's gonna the CG, <laughs> his CGI looks a little bit better. <laughs> I don't try to add to his mythos either, and this is something I think yeah. superhero movies continually tried to do later on, where it's like every movie had to add, like even the Hellboy movies tried to yep. add to the mythos of who this was. When you're like, I don't, I don't need additions, just keep keep that character, see how many adventures you can run them through until we're tired of it. And and if you're gonna change stuff, change the world around them, and and sure. and you know. But I, I think that's why it's super successful here um you guys want some trivia tidbits yeah Why not? so norman reed has told me the story himself while we were on the set of walking dead i was asking him about blade he was saying that they during the um autopsy scene they were they didn't have uv lights and they filmed in the czech republic and they're like we need purple lights so somebody just went and gotten tanning bed lights and oh, everybody's geez. eyes started getting burnt literally got uv burns on their eyes and were blinded for several days because the lights in that were actually tanning oh bed light. God, that's except horrible. Blade, who had on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> so that is real. Um, Wesley Snipes says this is his favorite movie. Uh, and then another interesting thing is Wesley Snipes uses um, he quotes Sun Tzu in a lot of his movies, The Art of War. Okay. And he says, "Keep your enemies close. You know, your friends close, your enemies closer." In a very cool way, you know, as only Wesley Snipes can do. Um, and that's something he's done in like three or four of his films, which I thought was cool. Um, then also, oh, Donnie Yen, who's one of the guys in the blood pack, Snowman, mm -hmm. he was the fight yeah. choreographer. And then uh, Walking Dead stunt choreographer, Monty Simmons was the uh, stunt choreographer for this. Oh, stunt well, coordinator. The fights in these movies are a lot of fun. And it's fun because like, I'm not a stunty. I couldn't tell you the difference between X and Y and Z, but like I've worked with enough and I, you know, I feel like this was the, the last era of some really good fights and action sequences. Then we had some shaky cam. I'm going to generalize shaky cam garbage for a good chunk of years there. And I feel like we're now in general pulling out of that, you know, a couple of years ago, it still was a little bit of that, but some people were pulling out of it. And I feel like we're well, as a whole, as a pulling, country pulling out of it but replacing it all with cgi characters so it's not even real people doing it <laughs> and this movie has a little bit of cgi characters doing some shit yeah, but at least it's got some bit, real yeah. stuff it's got some really fun fight sequences yes. and i feel like it's a lot of like uh I, I just watched one of the fight scenes in this movie has uh a couple different fight elements and then wesley snipes is fighting a ninja girl with a sword and another guy jumps in so he's fighting two of them with a sword and i think it's a scabbard and it goes on for a while, but at no point was I losing interest or checking my phone or whatever. Whereas I feel like pretty much most lightsaber battles in the last 15, 20 years, you're like, it's not exciting anymore. There's something about it that's not cool. Even though the moves are all over the place, this is like, I feel like some of the last really good fight scenes, this era, I won't just say this movie. Um, and then I mean, also, yeah, you say, I have one more no, thing. No, no, say no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, because it's different. It's a different topic. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to take us down a, uh, 
this, this would be a different topic too. So why don't you go ahead? I, All right. I so the other thing, thing I was going to say is what Rumi said about um, Wesley Snipes' delivery of those lines. This is a cookie cutter character, right? Like, there's not. I, I, I'm not gonna to 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 make his job seem small, but there's not a ton of acting you have to do. You're just saying gruff shit all the time. He is bad ass, and with the exception of skating up, uh, ice skating uphill, what line do you laugh at? He's fucking cool. Everything he says is cool. Everything he says is badass, and I feel like they like it lands. And when you watch him in those fight scenes. No, no matter which one it is, and I know that stunt doubles look like people and stuff, but a lot of it was him, and he trained real hard for this stuff. And when you watch him, he sells the shit out of it. It looks yeah. awesome. One of my favorite deliveries of him ever is in the first one. He's chasing, I think, Quinn, who's all burnt up, and trying to save the girl. And cops are following them, and cops start shooting at him. And the sh cop shoots him in his chest, and he's got armor on. And he looks down and looks up, and he goes, motherfucker, you out of your goddamn mind? And I thought, it's just the best fucking delivery. Like, it almost seems ad-libbed. It's not one of his most badass lines, but he just, he is this character. As much as Ron Perlman was yeah. Hellboy, he was born to play Blade, for yeah. sure. Kills it. Do we know, is is Blade the comic book character? Was it made for him? Like, who was Blade based off of back in the day? Where, like, I don't know I, anything Blade, about Blade's George. old. I didn't look it yeah, up because I didn't want to get into the 70s. comics. 70s, yeah. right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. he was like, when, when Marvel was still doing a good chunk of horror, and I've read a bunch of that old stuff, and it's fine but it's not this it's not this at all no, it's, it's, it's more very, like ec comics easy horror yeah yeah it's, it's got a real like uh sort of um hammer kind of feel to it and, and it's it's he's using like wooden swords or blades mm -hmm. and then i think this i think this move these move or the first movie was the first incarnation of this blade and yeah. i have not read anything half as badass as the movies <laughs> and i've read a couple Blade series. I've read a Blade and Punisher team up. That was pretty cool. I've seen him in some cool stuff doing some cool things, but like it's a scene in a comic book. It's like I haven't seen a bitchin' version that's half as cool as any of these movies, including the third one. So brief aside, uh, the comic book was created in 1973. His first appearance was in The Tomb of Dracula. You know who wrote, created, and wrote the first uh, the first Blade? A guy named uh, Marv Wolfman? Yep. Mm -hmm. Marv Wolfman. You made the wrong yeah. comic book, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I he did a ton. He like, did a ton. He's, a, he's an icon, yeah. I, I, wouldn't it be funny? Like He's like, hey, my name's Marv Wolfman. Guess what comic I made? And somebody's like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Werewolf by Night? Nope. Guess again. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And you're like, Blade. Wait, you made the vampire? <laughs> Whatever. Um, interesting. I will dive into more of this comic book stuff, find out more about where he came from. But uh, yeah, here he is with like wooden knives and stuff. Looks cool. Um, it's a cool design and it's a cool thing. But like this, this is one of those things like when someone hypes something up and then you go check it out and you're like, yeah. they kind of oversold this. Like if anything, if you talk about Blade, at the movie, the movie character, and then you go see it, it's like that was exactly what it was sold to me as. I'm not let down. Like, you couldn't oversell this, I feel like. It's just so fucking cool. It is super cool. But as you mentioned, they made a third one, and it's a movie. I like it. It's not it. as good as the first two. Yep. It's way too jokey and silly and definitely <sighs> more comic booky than the first two. Don't give a shit. I am this, on board. This is my least favorite Ryan Reynolds vehicle. I this might not like, debate I mean, that. <laughs> this is like a, a Deadpool edition, you know. Come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I, I didn't think he was ever going to get to that role, but I mean, he was, he was clearly trying to get to there for a while, and this is, this is like the first, uh, you know, 
incarnation of it. Let me ask you both this, because I, I do have a controversial opinion that affects this movie, but it comes from the second one. And that's that I don't quite understand how Whistler survived shooting himself in the head. And I don't know that he needed to come back. I think they I think that Blade as a franchise kind of blinks, you know, <laughs> like I think it would have been better um, not having Whistler return, finding a new character to to fill that hole in a different way. And and, he, and even furthermore, when we get to this, like, hey, here's his daughter. That does feel like a, 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 a unnecessary wreck. Like sure. Jessica Beals can be in the movie, but like doesn't need to be his daughter. Doesn't sure. need to be his daughter. That is again, you are adding way too much to the mythos that doesn't need to be changed. Right. Whistler doesn't need to be in the second one. I'm glad he is because it, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, he has some of the best lines in the movie. He's a great he character in the second one, but he should have died at the end of the first one, like they wanted him to. And somehow he came back. Somehow he comes back in the second one. This one, he absolutely does not need to be back. But they bring him back again, and he doesn't get enough screen time to be cool because they've added all these other characters. Mm -hmm. And now he's kind of like out of place and kind of acting against what his character is because now he's just kind of a sad old man, which has always <laughs> been his character. But now you have like five or six other people to like share screen time. So now he seems extra sad. And I don't like seeing Whistler as a sad old man. Should have let him shoot himself in the head. And spare us all this bullshit. Yeah, I wanted a happy, a happy suicide guy. <laughs> and there's, and there's something you make a good point because there's something to the idea of Whistler being this guy whose family is completely dead, and he's just kind of like devoted his life to this thing and raising and played his family. Yeah, right. But if he had a daughter out there, you uh, you suddenly go like, dude, what the fuck are you doing out here? Hey, why are you doing this job? <laughs> You know, you ever, all you, the rest of your family's dead. Why don't you go like take care of your family? And there's nothing I hate more than when a movie like pulls up a character and they're like, "Who are you? I'm your mom. Huh? I'm your daughter. Huh? I'm your long lost son." Like what? Like Im like immediately, this movie starts off with you going, "What? Okay, wait, but it's Blade, so it's gonna be fine. They're gonna be, it's gonna be fine." And then like cool badass action scene, and you're like, "Yeah, but it's not as good as the last one or the one before it." And <laughs> I mean, it, the jokes are starting to kill me. I mean, even with Chris Jericho in there or whatever, the, the Chris Jericho, is it Chris Jericho? I know, some it, wrestler. 4-H. 4-H. Um, yeah, yeah. Triple H, yes. Four, triple it's, H. Yeah, yeah, Triple H. 4-H. Oh, he wasn't 4-H yet. He still has 1-H <laughs> to go. He didn't get his his fourth H belt yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, you got Triple H in it, which, again, cool, big, badass wrestling guy. But, like, again, they're like, hey, it's that guy. Oh, hey. It's it's that other movie star you guys like, right? And like they're starting to really point to everything, yeah. Because it's I don't know, it's too polished. There's two real big things that neither oh. of you have said yet, and I well, one's little and one's big, but they're both okay. big, and I can't believe e neither is of you. Is it the Dra is it the Dracula thing? Or wait, wait, yeah, Dracula's one of them. Like, I mean, yeah, or Drake. You know, if you well, you're going to reinvent Drake. <laughs> well, it's just yeah. again, it's that thing that Rumi just said about like. Why did that girl have to be Whistler's daughter? Does that connection make anything better? No. And I feel like we can say that as fans who like pick things apart. But like, did anybody think, wait, this is really going to seal the deal. What if she's related to Whistler? Because like right. you said, you don't it's not like we didn't have a reason to see her or be with her or fight with her anyway. She could have just joined the group like it or, you know, their group could have joined right. forces with Blade. Why did the main bad guy need to be the Dracula? Like, that just seems pretty stupid. And they're also like, hey, you guys know what Dracula looks like? And they're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Nothing like that. Like, 
right. if he was just if you had just said and blade fights this gigantic vampire demon that looks like the devil i would have yep. been like fine fine cool yep i agree but when you say dracula i have thousands of iterations <laughs> that have informed our opinions of what he looks like and somebody right. goes guys <laughs> this time he's totally different he's the devil and you're like I get people's immediate like reaction when they're trying to create something new to steer a weird direction just to like throw you off. Dracula isn't one of them. Okay. Frankenstein isn't one of them. The Wolfman isn't like in the last one, we saw what you can do with vampires and, and Guillermo del Toro did it right. And then for the next one, again, Dracula designed by uh, Steve Wang, the design's cool. I have nothing wrong with the design and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Don't try and sell me Dracula. When he's right. obviously something else. And that pisses me off. <laughs> well, just like, it, why does it need to be the main first most vampirous vampire? Like, even if you knew that was going to be the last movie in the franchise, do you have to fight Dracula? Like, it seems like that's going to be anticlimactic no matter what happens, right? Yeah, because you have to try to supersede the guy that killed his killed his mom and then you know these these incredible like creatures i i, I think it's it's setting yourself up for uh, a lot of obstacles you know that get in your yeah. way I, I mean the only way that i feel like it could have worked and i don't think this was the franchise was at a place to, to really embrace this but would be to go like no we're doing it and it's called blade versus dracula and it's it's fucking Dracula. That's it should have been Tomb of Dracula. It should have been Tomb of Dracula. It should have been the awesome, '70s Marvel know? Dracula. Like that would, because we would have thought that was fun at least. Sure. And it didn't. It like I guess you get some of the novelty points in, but I well, agree you with can, you. You can't do like a, a new Dracula. Bit. You could do it a little bit, like like if you're gonna like, what are we challenging Blade with? Okay, well maybe this guy has magic or something like that that we, we haven't seen before, but. But you have I feel like you would have to lean into like the ridiculousness a little bit of mm -hmm. Dracula. You have to be OK with like when you say Dracula, some people are going to laugh. Right. You know, it's right. not, it doesn't have the same thing as like Deacon Frost or the or the the, the Reapers or things like that. You're, <laughs> you're playing with something that has a campy history. Right. You know, and, and comes with that baggage a little bit. And if you try to make it just seem fucking cool. I don't know that you can. It's really tough. Picture you know? <laughs> shirtless European dude with just one thing of armor on his arm. For what no reason. That? For no reason. Arm armor. <laughs> Ever. But here's the other thing. Like, when we saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? And we saw the wolf creature and we saw the bat creature. We've never seen a bat in a Blade movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. You were going up against Dracula and you could have him fight this rad bat creature. Why is he this demon with finger horn crown stuff? Why does he look like Darth Maul? None of that made sense. And again, not knocking the design of it. That all, again, works for a different movie that they didn't make, unfortunately. And that's like something that always just like drives me nuts. It's like, like you said, you made Dracula. You could have done so much with that. Uh, him being a, the most fiercest, terrifying bat monster would have been rad. But we don't get that. I mean, don't man. at all. We get oh. Hot Topic Dracula. We get Hot Topic Dracula and we get, oh yeah, well, because again, this is after <laughs> all those other vampire right. movies coming. At this point, the studio was like, this is a big moneymaker. We better get our fingers in this. <laughs> and they're just fingers are all up in it. Apparently, Wesley Snipes was like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with talk to anybody. He didn't want to talk to the director. He hated everything. Because again, he's the one who's like, I'm telling you who motherfucking Blade is. I'm telling you what I, and they're like, no, you have to stick to the script and tell these jokes. 
you have a Pomeranian that turns into a vampire. Right. That's yeah. the other thing I couldn't it believe that like it took a that one. Mouth, yeah. It's like it doesn't even make sense. Like in their own mythology, you're like, what did they do? Genetically experiment <laughs> yeah. on a dog? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes you know, no it, sense. Have have you both uh, like reviewed the uh, Patton Oswalt uh, comments on this film? Have you no, no. Oh, I love. I mean, oh, he's you, in this movie. I love. Yeah, it. you should d- dig him up. I the, 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 what stands out to me is apparently this was an incredibly tense set. Um, at one point early on, Wesley Snipes just stops talking to the director, David S. And Goyer. We'll, yeah, David S. Goyer, and will only communicate to him through post-it notes he'll like give a post-it note to an assistant and that will go to the director and will only be addressed as blade not Wesley, <laughs> Blade. and apparently you know like it wasn't pleasant for a lot of people on set but it sounds like an unbelievable experience <laughs> i think it's the movie that made me fall in love with ryan reynolds i believe that <laughs> I'm on, he does, I'm on he board. does this thing very well you know in, uh, in and that role. might have been the first time i'd seen that thing but Jessica Biel is like badass in it. Like, I think is, that's yeah. pretty cool. I'm pretty sure that I read that she and I read this online, so I don't know if it's true. But there is a shot in the movie where she shoots an arrow directly at camera. And to protect the camera, they put some sort of mask on the lens and right, right. only had a minute hole. And she shot through the hole. Yeah, destroyed the camera, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like the the thing I read, build that as like what a badass archer. I don't know if she was aiming for that hole or not. Because if she was, then that was badass. Sure. If yeah. not, she just accidentally got in there. But I mean, either way, it was a good shot. I guess. Either way, but, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was fun. I think the action is fun. Though there's a lot of stupid uh, physical uh, um, um, prop gimmicks in this where. This is a gun that does this, and this is what we call this, and it's like, well, oh, okay, fine. Again, and, they went and said, "Hey, that second one had that guy had a sledgehammer that had a spike in it. We need more of that." You lost the point of why why that worked. Why that, right, that, exactly, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That was cool because you had a team that used it. You can't like they overly relied on all the stuff. And again, it's just somebody from the studio, one of the thirty-eight million producers that they added this thing was like, "Well, we need more cool like James Bond weapons. Let's get more of that going." And somebody else was like, "We need." way more types of vampires let's get that going and you know it just it too many jokes i love ryan reynolds, love fair, fair. Ryan reynolds. too many jokes if it, i rewatch it i might rating. think that because yeah. i guess i haven't i would i probably have seen it in the last three or four years but, but a, fu- a fun cameo from natasha leone and pat oswald in it that, that those are you know little, little fun bits there's there's too many Donald Donald, Donald Logue moments in this where i'm like <laughs> ugh, like there's too many Donald Logue characters for me yeah but like Again, now, and this is how I always quantify certain things like this. This is the third movie in a half vampire, vampire hunting action movie franchise. So if you still are delivering on the things I want, which I feel this movie does, I will allow it X, Y, and Z. I don't know that I'd allow it any more than this movie had. I think if it had, like if Donald Logue was in this movie, no, (laughs) return to Blockbuster. I'm not not watching it. It I like that being the final the final Blade movie is he wipes out all the cool vampires. There are only the Donald Logues of the vampire universe left. And you're just horribly annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was him specifically. He comes back somehow. He resurrected. Like, like, in like the final battle, his back. baby hand is important. <laughs> like that. The fact that he doesn't have two regular size hands oh. is the deciding thing that puts Blade at risk. Oh, I love this it. movie. <laughs> well, but after that, I thought we would never get to see Blade again. And I yeah, was that glad. was 2004. And it, but that's and, not the last 
thing. At least for me, it's not the last thing. Well, Did yeah. you guys watch the series? In the in the a little bit mid two thousands, uh, there was a thing called Spike TV. And <laughs> yeah, there was. They ordered up some Blade, but they did. They could not get Wesley Snipes to come back. He was like, "I'm not coming onto your cable TV show, low budget rent bullshit." So they had to go somewhere else. I got taxes to evade. <laughs> <laughs> Probably regretting not taking it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, we got Mr. Sticky <clears throat> or Missy, Mr. Fingers, Mr. Yeah. Sticky Fingers, Sticky Fingers, Sticky Fingers. I'm gonna <laughs> Sticky Fingers. Um, who actually not bad. He did I'm, fucking great. Did I'm we watch this together, that. Rumi? We or did. We, we did watch. We watched. I, I don't think we had all 11 episodes. We watched like four or five of them. They were pretty solid. So I watched this when it all came out on DVD. And yes. I don't think I've seen it since. I don't, and I, I guess when it aired, I watched some of it with you. For this episode, I watched a couple episodes of it. Mwah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Now, when I say mwah, I mean like made for TV. Mwah. I'm doing a <laughs> chef's kiss if you're not watching the YouTube. Um it it is way better than it had any right to be and i watched the first two episodes or first three episodes which is like the first arc kind of introduces this female uh, army character who uh was the female host on wipeout and mm. she now is playing this army girl who's looking into her brother's death at the hands of a vampire blah blah, blah. uh he was a familiar blah 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 and she gets turned really quickly she gets turned and then but she's also aligned with blade so she's kind of getting him intel from the inside even though for 12 episodes these vampires never figure this shit out that she this <laughs> girl who used to be friends with blade is constantly with blade can never deliver blade you know it, there's a lot of things you get there's a lot of balloon bumps in this one but the action is fucking great for from made for tv um Sticky Fingers does a very good job as Blade, especially I feel like those are Han Solo type shoes to fill. I'm not going to say the same as Han Solo, but like, how can the guy taking over for Han Solo do as good of a job? I feel like Blade is not as big as Han Solo, but I, I think we all when that when this show came out, we all were like, how can you lose Wesley Snipes? He does a really good job in this. Again, for what it is, it's fucking fun and it's cool. Um, he's quoted as saying, he's like, look, uh, I want to do something different. I'm the same meat, but I'm different spices. And I was like, oh, I like that. Enough. Okay. You know, well, there's a lot of meat and, and flesh analogies tonight. <laughs> but like, let, let me, let me line this up for you. Now I just watched the DVD. So maybe the, the aired version was slightly different, but in the first episode, there's a lot of kills. Some of them happen off camera to the point where I was like, oh, I see. You're not going to give us the disintegration ash. Nope. They give you that in the first couple episodes. A couple of vampires die like that. And it's like, it's roughly as good as the movies. Definitely, and you don't not, get nearly definitely not, but acceptable <laughs> for, for television, for, for CGI on television at the time. It was about as good as Power Rangers, which as a kid watching Power Rangers, you're like, whoa, special effects. So I'm here cool. for it. It definitely didn't make me like want to get into that field because of it but it was uh you know look you at least attempted to have the coolest part of the movie in your television show so he had props. a gun that shot like little bulbs filled with garlic and they were supposed mm -hmm. to make the vampires blow up and there's a vampire at the end who has an immunity to it and he gets shot in the neck and blade says some bitching thing to him before he falls down shoots him in the neck 
and the vampire with immunity gets up and he's just got this bulb of it's a metal bulb containing garlic sticking out of his neck and blade turns around and gives him like what the fuck look shoots him again in the head and he knocks over and he gets back up and now he's got that there so there's two bitch and makeup appliances and then they have like a a boss fight it's great the last episode has a super hot blonde girl naked familiar and she's like with some i don't know senator or something and he bends her over a table and you see like a good amount of this he bends her over a table while taking like they're talking about the characters that they're involved with he opens up a condom with his teeth and blade comes into the shot with a gun against his neck and is like you're gonna need more protection than that the girl on the, <laughs> the girl on the table who we've seen her familiar tattoo starts screaming he takes a steel a steel stake and just spikes her through the desk and you see it from underneath where all the blood dripping down he just kills this familiar girl and then he kills this guy for the information i was like oh and he pulls his eye out and he says some oh he puts the gun against his eye and he goes i only need one and then it cuts away then later on he has it in a jar to get through a retinal scanner yeah get through the oh, retinal man. scanner it's just like that one scene is like i don't know if there's anything else i need in a action tv show that wasn't in that one scene <laughs> you're gonna need more protection than that <laughs> i just like that it has some of the stuff like his childhood they kind of get into a little bit of blade mm -hmm. backstory which again i'm always a proponent of never show where they came from ever i don't need to flashback to find out where darth vader came from i don't need to know where the joker came from but having a little bit of like blade as a kid and like how his mom kind of kept him going we don't get a whole storyline but we get little tastes of it that make sense and they add to the backstory they add to the mythos without having me be like wait that doesn't make sense well i Thank guess it's God. also proportionate right in a 12 yeah. hour series let's say roughly 11 hours 12 hours worth of a tv show if you have a couple minutes of that that's fine but if you have 10 minutes of that in a two-hour movie the proportion of how much you're spending on that when it could be something different or don't give me a whole never give me the whole movie i never need to see young blade doing kid stuff complaining not wanting to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were comparing it to solo like i want to see a movie where they're like ah you don't have a name but you carry a blade i'll call you blade <laughs> oh. no Look, Solo didn't bother me that bad because, again... I love Solo. It's just stupid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll give you that. It at least did some cool stuff with it. But again, I I don't need to see where they came from. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the TV series, it is worth... It is at least worth trying. It's at least worth trying. There's some definite, like, made-for-TV vibes, but it's made-for-TV. It, it and there's some awesome, like, just... Fight vibes, so it's great. Better than the Robocop TV series. <laughs> That's a pretty low bar. Yeah, it is a pretty low bar. <laughs> Are you going to debate that? I love Robocop. I'll watch him any day. I'm not debating you know that. We all come from times when we took whatever they gave us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like, I mean, it's all based on, like, oh, is this have vampires? Does this have a, a robot in it? Uh, okay, we'll watch that, you know? Yeah. And, and you got one option. You were like, have this, or, or the, here's Little House on the Prairie. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Made for TV movies, man. Like, there was, ugh, there was just so much. There's so much going on, but this this worked, and it and I think at the end of the day, um, it gives us a story more akin to the first Blade movie. Um, yeah. it's mm. it's more down to earth, but I like that. Like it's got some espionage style stuff. Definitely has some of that gangster uh, Punisher type stuff where she's infiltrating the mob, the the vampire mob. I just it was cool. I I definitely am not mad at it, and I think it holds up. And 
and fits as canon. It does nothing to retcon any of the stuff that's laid out. If anything, it references some of the stuff from the third movie, but like ignores it for the most part and just goes with the cool stuff from the first two. It has a scene where people are like, has any of you guys heard from Dracula lately? No. <laughs> There's another vampire that's like, wait, did He's you say going Dracula? By Drake now. He's going yeah. by Drake. <laughs> did you say Dracula? Like the Dracula? <laughs> There's that scene where he's like, you guys see that movie Queen of the Damned? Boo. <laughs> That's, we could do a whole nother spinoff episode about how like that was a very interesting time for vampire movies, right? Because like there's a lot of vampire movies that come out late 90s, early 2000s that were interesting. Of them. <laughs> yeah. and, but like, look, I love Interview with a Vampire as far as like if you're going to go with like sexy vampires, that movie still did some gnarly shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really it, it played up the sexy vampire. I mean, Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise's vampires. Come on. It's, it's wild. But then they tried to do a sequel that was like, yeah, but now the vampires are rock stars. And you're like. What, what? Did they really try to do a sequel, a direct sequel? Queen of the Dam. Queen of the Dam adaptation of the, yeah. the novels. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which I've only read. Interview with a Vampire. It's a pretty good book. Uh, but yeah, Queen of the Dam was like they were just like yeah, but it's got Aaliyah. It's it's oh. weird too because it feels like I mean you know Neil Jordan directs the first one and then they, the second one feels like it does feel like they were like well what if we just did an Underworld sequel and mm-hmm. and you're like oh okay well it doesn't have the weight that you would think that uh yeah. you know it just feels like they wanted to reinvigorate the franchise and they were like well people like Blade and Underworld so let's do that vibe with these characters it's weird though nice yeah, try. Then, you have, then you have all the Underworld movies which I, I don't hate them I don't think they're as good they're as fine. a Blade movie but like yeah. the Underworld 2 has some pretty sweet stuff in it um you know there's some great fight scenes you get rad bats rad vampire bats fighting <laughs> um then then they get lost in pretty bad looking werewolves but that's you know that's okay fmm <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell one more random Blade story? Why not? What's what we're it's here Blade for. 2. Oh, then yes. So Blade 2 came out while I was in college. I was, I guess it was 2002. I was a junior or a senior in college and I was an RA. And as an RA, you had to do programs every month. And the programs had to fulfill some sort of like category. And there was one category that was like entertainment where like you could do fuck all. It didn't matter what you did. And the school would give you 50% off movie tickets. So I took a bunch of people to go see Blade 2. But the caveat was you had to write afterwards like a um, like a review of the program, not of the movie, but of the program. And the fucking jokers that I took with me to go see this movie, I oh, have no. the review still. One review said, you know, it's like program Blade 2 at the Lowe's Theater down the street. Uh, you know, R.A., Matt Corrigan. And then it was like, your review or what did you learn? And someone wrote, Matt took me to see, <clears throat> Matt took me to see Blade 2. Now I know how to kill. And they wrote the word kill with like all in caps with like bloody oh, drips. No. Now they submit those to me and I submit those to my boss. So I was like, cool. Put that in the submit pile. Another one said, uh, <laughs> Blade 2 at, at Lowe's. Matt Corrigan. And it said, what did you learn? And they just wrote, Matt tried to touch me. And I put that <laughs> right on top of the same pile. And I was like, well, I'd be dishonest if I didn't try to, like, if I submit, didn't submit that. So I submitted all of those. The next year, we were not allowed to go to the movies anymore. 
<laughs> I remember seeing wow. that though as that program, and I was like, "This is pretty cool that we were seeing it through school." Think- and now I taught. There's one person that I don't. I didn't keep in touch with them, but I assume they're killing vampires now. I hope so. Well, they didn't say kill vampires. They just said to kill. Maybe they became a vampire. Either way, I hope they're following their dreams, Brian. That's that's where (laughs) I just wait till you find out that they're uh, they're Donald Logue vampire right now. <laughs> yeah. That's, they're, they're a lackey that makes jokes and I guess they don't at all. <laughs> uh, this is all because of Matt Corrigan's program in 2002. So before we wrap up, two, there's two questions left. Okay. First one, the first one is, is, is what, what do you want from the reboot of this? We have a phenomenal actor attached if they ever make this thing. I have no hope. Mm. But what do you want versus your expectation? Let's start there. Who wants to go first? Mm. Matt, do you want to go first? Okay, I'll tell you right now, I would love a tease for something else in the same universe, in the same niche universe. So, like, I would love a tease of Moon Knight or a tease of uh, Werewolf by Night or a tease of Tomb of Dracula. Something that was like, for the real nerds who know the source material, you don't have to follow up on it. I'm not saying you have to automatically commit to another movie. But like, that would be fucking cool. Like to me, and this happened in some of the other movies at this time, actually, Ryan Reynolds's character in Trinity is uh, Hannibal something. Hannibal That's thing. a character. Yeah, yeah, he is a character Former from the vampire. comic. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he is something. So I, like, I think that's a cool nod to like, hey, you know about this? Cool. And I would love to just see like a guy named Jack Russell. And then you're just like, oh, cool. And you don't have to follow through. But like, that, I think that would be cool. Um, I honestly, I'm thinking of how Bryant said he and his mom went to go see the first one. <laughs> if you could get another vampire hunter involved, that might be interesting too. And one of them could be on the tail of the other one. Then they could join for you know, fight and then join forces. That could be cool. I feel like you don't need to continue the ascension that the first trilogy you know, followed you like we said for sure. Blade Two was a little bit bigger and better than Blade One. You don't need to try to make this new movie bigger and better than Blade Two. You just need to make it a fun, cool movie that stands by itself. Then, if you want a second one, worry about that later. So, I would say bring it back to basics. Um, it's not a very Blade is not a very hard premise. So, don't give me the the clutching of the pearls and the shooting in the alley. I don't need to see his whole origin story. Give me the Blade just, Two version of it. Yeah. Yeah, just boom, boom, boom. I get it. I know already. We see it in the credits. Correct. Yeah, you don't need, or someone tells you you don't need that. Um, you know the the new the new the new vampire hunter Whistler or the Whistler like character tells them, oh yeah, his mom was bitten by a vampire, and now he's like this. That's all I need. So something like that. I w- I mean, it doesn't have to be. Give me the first movie again, just in twenty twenty five. That's it. Doesn't have to be. I I want. A vampire jaws. That's all I want. A, ha- a daywalker, sh- a daywalker shark. That's all I fucking want. I want a vampire jaws. That sounds awesome. Vampire I, I would watch shit that. Out of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sells itself. <laughs> Brian, what about you? What do you want? I, you me? know, I, I have some similar, uh, I guess, desires. The way that I I see it is that this is the chance to really establish uh, the Marvel horror universe, which they seem they, they've been flirting with, you know, they've, they've, I mean, Werewolf by Night was clearly in that awesome. arena. Yeah. Moon Knight is, is somewhat in it, but this, yeah. I feel like people know Blade, you know, they're going to be like, this is going to be like, Hey, this is what a, the horror universe looks like for our, our various characters. And, and I, I read enough of the, 
the old comics that I, I feel like it could be really fun if they find people or, or at least try to emulate some of the classics, whether you're looking at Hammer or Universal or w- whatever it might be, but find some inspiration in, in what made those fun. When, pe- when kids like were going to the latest vampire or werewolf movie, what, what was exciting about that? And how can we play with those tropes and, and how do you would update that? And I, I guess why I would focus on that is I don't think you're going to outdo Wesley Snipes' Blade. You're not going to be mm-hmm. able to do the same thing where he, he's just this kick-ass guy who's, who has one-liners and, and, you know, the Matrix vibe is, is going to feel dated at this point. You know, you have to find something a little bit new. And, and the fact that he exists now in, in a larger world, I, I think that's what would be interesting. What is Blade if, if he's in like sort of a horror universe as opposed to just a world with vampires and, and humans? Hundred so percent. That's, that's what I would hope for. When we we could get into a whole episode about Werewolf by Night, um, but I thought as as an outing, as an exercise, which that's what it felt like. It felt like sure. Marvel going like, let's, test. Dip our, let's dip our pinky toe in this horror genre. Do we like it? Do you like it? We don't know. We're terrified to even try. I liked what they did. I love that there wasn't a Spider Man in it. I like that there wasn't Doctor Strange there. If you're going to do this, this is your chance to reboot this character. Again, he can still be Jaws, which, but like if you want him to be more scientific, if you want to mix him and the Whistler character get together, right. mm-hmm. if you want him to be X, Y, or Z, now's your chance. It's very smart not to try and copy Wesley Snipes because you're not going to get that. But also don't stray so far that he's like a bookworm, like Einstein, Doc Brown character. Don't sure. give me that. Let's let's find where that... But he would fit in a werewolf by night world really well. And I, I hope that they keep that vibe. And I love that you said Hammer Horror. Let's draw from that. Let's see. Let's play with that those vampires that we know and see where that all fits in. I just don't want this to be like a selling point tentpole for all the other like, and then there's man thing. And then there's this and that because as we've seen DC, I'm looking at you. When you try to pack all your characters in to sell their next movie, it doesn't work. So I'm just hoping that we get that. And then the last question before we wrap this up. Where are you getting your familiar tattoo? <laughs> I can't say. Here's some scene. <laughs> Don't say, just show us. Everyone watch the YouTube to see Brian Scrote. <laughs> here, look right here. Oh God. Uh, I'm getting meat tag. I'm getting one right under my armpit. So if my body gets dismembered, you can probably still find a chunk of it. <laughs> Why are you getting familiar tattoos? You don't want... We chose our side, man. What are you? We chose our side. Yeah, come on. I'm gonna fucking kill all of you. Are you you kidding me? Die with Whistler? (laughs) No, you're gonna come back. No, come back a second one in a blood tube. (laughs) (laughs) Matt comes back with a little baby arm. Matt already has that. You know the fact that he won't say he's already got one. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Running us off the scent. (laughs) I would not do well as a familiar. The, no, you know what? I, I don't take jobs where I don't see a lot of upward mobility. Yeah. And if anything, this these this trilogy and the TV show have showed us that if you're a familiar, unless yeah. you're a hot blonde yeah. chick, you're not getting bumped up. You're With staying the, a familiar. Being a familiar is really if, only if you have a vampire fetish. If you're really into it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? yeah. Great. Uh, I only designed to be a familiar. I, I only want to be a familiar if I get to be like Norman Reedus, where I get to work on cars and smoke blunts all day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty choice assignment, though. Although, if you think about that, he and I was I was thinking that today. I was watching it. He created all these weapons that killed how many vampires? I mean, I guess that's something that we've seen a lot in in stories and pop culture right now is the the Uber hard traitor type character who's really long con yeah right yeah and you're like i guess but like damn well you know that that was the uh vampire king or whatever he doesn't give a fuck he was murdering (laughs) i mean he was literally like offering up his daughter on a plate you know 
He's like, I do not care if you're killing random vampires. What's yeah. 200 vampires? <laughs> but I like that, like, Blade. Norman sweet, Reedus sweet. and Blade were sleeping in the same building, and Norman Reedus couldn't kill him. Like, that was not part of the assignment. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Your, your job is to kill Blade while you're both sleeping. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sneak in his room I'm just, I'm just envisioning like a, a scooby-doo level repeating background in blades lair and tiptoeing that is the crossover that we need that's what i want for the next movie scooby-doo wouldn't that be oh, cool man. that would be pretty cool <laughs> and then they pull the mask and off and it's drake globe trotters <laughs> <laughs> yes but only the OG. I don't want to. I don't need that new. The new Scooby. I agree. I want OG Scooby Doo. Yes, with the Harlem Globe. Seventies. Well, then you have to do seventies Blade with yes. the, the, leather <laughs> the, the red leather jacket and the green goggles. Yes, that's what no. I'm here's about. what you do: is you you do a contemporary crossover with those two, but in it there is a flashback to the seventies when it's the first <laughs> time that first they crossed time. over. Yeah. And it, oh, how cool would that be if at one point during the contemporary part, Shaggy looks over at Blade dead serious and is like, you owe me. And it cuts to a flashback where Shaggy <laughs> saves Blade's life. That would be awesome. I would love that. Oh, Shaggy. And it involves a barrel and Blade has to go in the barrel and look out the hole and he runs away. <laughs> but Scooby has to be an another uh, familiar. He's like, so <laughs> he sails him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. Damn, I would do that in a second. That's way better than a Buffy crossover. <laughs> and ultimately, all these movies are just like we need to get Blade inside the spike coffin and then hook straws up so we can all just <laughs> yeah, they all want to slurp, drink. slurp on that sweet sweet Blade slurry. Um, gross. <laughs> well, guys, I think there's only a few more things to do. Uh, I, we need that socials. We, we, uh, Brian, hit us up with those uh, sweet, sweet socials. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Comic Book Slayer. Um, for Fanbase Press, look for us at uh, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram at Fanbase Press, or uh, the Fanbase Weekly is our podcast. You can find Matt's appearances uh, looking on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes. And you can follow us, Facebook, Instagram, and X at Launchpad Pod X. and our website, <laughs> launchpadpod.com, and on YouTube, where you see our handsome faces making funny faces and doing funny things so there's only thing only thing to do now blast this thing off uh have you done the the, the handshake with us the secret handshake no because it was his it was his show i've been on his i've been on brian's show for at least three different episodes slash interviews slash panels but this is the thing the first time you've been on the launch pad so we're teaching the this secret handshake my okay? origin yeah, yeah. <laughs> secret handshake Go to like we didn't even have to bite your mom Perfect. She would have been, if I bit your mom, she'd lean over to you and be like, that's not what Buffy would have done. Yeah. Buffy wouldn't have done that. All right. So take your hand, come sideways. sideways? And we're gonna okay. we're gonna swing in sideways and connect in the middle. Okay. Then we're gonna invert and all blast off at the same time and go as, okay. we, as we lift off. All right. So all right. in, turn, and then a, a raspberry as we blast off. You ready? You ready? Okay. One, two, it. three. <laughs> I think the I managed Pod. it. You did. You did a great job. Okay. It's a pretty good. <laughs> this has been the Launchpad Podcast. We're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, 
Lift off. We have a lift off. 